Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. a question I'm sure you get asked all the time because I personally get asked it all the time and I would say that we're in similar creative fields although obviously compared to you I am nothing but compared to others I am something right now when you look at my question for you I say because you have to take into context everything in the zeitgeist so when that for example meaning look at books look at articles look at you know for example films movies marvel language duolingo music spotify ev electric are you familiar with uh so cars i dabble in cars if you're familiar <laughs> morning sweet world and welcome to the no dunks podcast on the athletic network it's wednesday december 1st my goodness december 1st sounds crazy to say out loud i'm jay skeets and alongside me as always we got tass mellis what's up everybody what's up tass got my top shot hot boy trey kirby hey yo hey yo we got the international man of mystery taking it to the max lee ellis friends and last, certainly not least, making the magic happen, super producer JD. Hello. There he is. Here we are. Shout out to the stream team for joining us live right now on YouTube. Apologies for being a little later than normal here this morning. Some technical difficulties. But take a second, subscribe to No Dunks on YouTube, like the vid, comment, and share the show. Let's get to 50K, guys, when it comes to subs. New no breaks coming up later today. Live at 3 p.m. Eastern. So if you are a fan of the Vroom Vrooms, of the fast cars, shout out to Tracy Chapman. Uh, it's our F1 podcast with Trey and Graydon Gordian. You guys got a lot of races to talk about because it's been a while since you've done an episode. And then you're looking ahead to the end of this actually amazing F1 season. That's exactly right. We got three races to recap, two to preview. And like you mentioned, Skeets, we're going to be doing it all in the style of Tracy Chapman's fast car. So it okay. should be pretty exciting. Make sure to tune in 3 p.m. Eastern. Okay. Well, we know our friend Julie Gardner will be tuning in for that. She loves that song by Tracy Chapman. I think it's her favorite song. Though she's also on record saying she doesn't like music. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> which is always blows my mind you every one out of ten thousand people you meet they just don't like music and it's uh it's just strange to uh, me but it's gotta be way higher than that one out of way every ten higher? i'm saying yeah. no as in oh. one in like 10 million people i don't know anybody who doesn't love music i know it is strange she just like admits <laughs> to like not being a music person so it's like she doesn't throw on really like the radio at home or obviously like using apple or spotify to play her favorite songs and artists yeah just i guess 
sits in silence. Or, I don't know. <laughs> just listen to the fast radio. car over and over. Yeah. <laughs> she does like that song. I know that. Well, so, uh, if she likes that song, she likes music. Well, it's just that simple. Yeah, I guess you're right. I guess you're right. Uh, okay. So we had some great games last night, especially the TNT doubleheader. We're going to break down both of those. Later on in this podcast, we'll hit the beach and answer a few of your questions. But let's start with the Phoenix Suns. Oh, boy. They win their 17th straight by beating the Warriors 149, excuse me, 104 to 96. I don't like numbers. Every one out of 10 million people you meet doesn't like numbers. Uh, Yeah, so nice win here from Phoenix. Tass, let's uh, get into the takeaways from Phoenix's win. Well, I just had a flashback to last night when you uh, said 149 there for a sec. I thought I was on drugs watching this basketball game because I thought I was on some psychedelics because they were being sped up. Those Golden State Warriors were being sped up by the Suns. They just were out of sorts uh, with Mikel Bridges and DeAndre Ayton handling the pick and roll of Steph Curry and Draymond Green switching out. Mikel Bridges, what a freaking defender. And DeAndre Ayton, how he's come along. When have you seen Steph Curry blocked at the three-point line by a center? You know that Steph is getting space on the center, but that didn't happen. Uh, the the Suns just kind of uh, yeah gave Steph... Everything he could handle, obviously, when Steph Curry doesn't hit a fourth quarter shot, something's going on. Uh, Steph had the worst shooting night of his career when taking 20 shots or more, four of 21. And uh, it just seemed like the Warriors were turning it over, over and over and over again, 22 turnovers. And, uh, you know, it, everyone is going to be talking about Steph Curry not having a good night. Mikel Bridges sort of playing like, you know, Fred Van Vliet was in the 2019 finals, just sticking to him and he doing a very good job of that. He's an all-defensive player. Uh, but I think I want to mention Chris Paul in this first breath because he has been described as anti-clutch at times, but he's been phenomenal this year in the clutch with Devin Booker going out of this game in the first half. Uh, he was the one who closed it out, and it was a tight game down the stretch. The Warriors trying to find offense, couldn't find it, being sped up. But Chris Paul slowed that thing down for the Suns, and he's 63% in clutch situations this year. So two of every three shots basically going down for that guy. Uh, and I I felt like this was kind of like a game one of a, a series, game one of a Western Conference Finals where the Warriors – probably had to get the feel of the Suns and what they were doing uh, and being pressured out there and everybody except for Jordan Poole being sped up and taking shots that they didn't want to take like Draymond Green etc so I think going into game two of this series feels like we got a series here on Friday night when these two teams meet we'll see a a different Warriors team because uh, I think the, the Suns just just threw them off with all those arms out there taking away Steph and, uh, you know, without Jordan Poole having a big game, it would have been a, a blowout, really. But uh, the Suns can't say enough about that defense. I mean, that, they just were so committed. And that's why they've won 17 straight. Yeah, Lee, if you were handing out like uh, three stars to the Phoenix Suns or anyone from this game, if you wanted to, like we're doing the old hockey style, they get to come out there and put their, <laughs> okay. put their, put their Jersey up and wave it around their head, like a helicopter or something like that. I guess they don't have a stick that they can use, but who would get your like three stars from this warrior Suns game last night? That's a tough one because it would feel weird to give three stars to a guy who had two points 
Uh, but I think that's just I how think you impactful. have to, though, in Mikel Bridges. I, yeah. I, I think he was just so impactful there last night because it did just make Steph Curry not look like the MVP for that one game. I mean, but it wasn't just him. Cam Johnson, as soon as he came out, Bridges went out, Cam Johnson's arm seemed just as long and just as effective out there. <laughs> uh, th- that, that was what was incredible for me. So going back to your question, though, I, I think I'm probably going DeAndre Ayton uh, with the two votes there because I thought yeah. he was incredible. And you could just see as well, Draymond Green is an incredible defender. We know that. But when you've got three, four, five inches over a guy, that just makes it a lot more of an advantage to the big guy, especially when he's active, when he's athletic, like I thought DeAndre Ayton was last night. So uh, Chris Paul somehow only gets one star out of this game, even though I thought he was obviously fantastic as well. But I think you could also sort of spread points of that one star around to other players on the team because they were just every, everyone seemed to contribute now if you are the Phoenix Suns a team that hasn't won the championship despite being the finals last season this was an emphatic win this was a statement of victory especially with Devin Booker there not in the second half if you're the Golden State Warriors who have won three out of the last what seven I guess it is now championships they look at this and go it's a loss in November we didn't play well we get plenty of time here and we get another chance at them on Friday night and we'll, we'll change things and mix things up and we'll certainly get Steph better looks because that's what happens when you are the team, you know, the Suns, the team were probably, they did go in favour, I think, last night, didn't they? Yeah, Only they did. by a point and a half and they've won 16 in a row. So they sort of needed this win against the other team that was playing as well as them and they got it. But overall, just a, a really incredible performance. And it's funny when you look back at the box score of a game like this, the Phoenix Suns got out-rebounded by 16 by the Golden State Warriors. That, to me, just doesn't make sense. Like, watching that, it was like, there is no way they got pounded on the boards like that. And DeAndre Ayton had six offensive rebounds himself. So mm-hmm. when Phoenix comes away from this game, there are so many positives to take out of this, whereas the Golden State Warriors are just going to say, okay, they got us, we get a chance again. Uh, on Friday, then on Christmas Day again, and then not until later in the season. But again, it's not a playoff victory. They really now, Golden State, know what they're up against defensively when they see this incredible Phoenix Unsight team. Yeah, I think the game mostly lived up to the hype, right, Trey? Like, we were very excited about this. We had circled this one on the calendar with the big winning streaks from both teams. And it was pretty damn good. Outside of the Warriors went cold late, and the Suns deserve a lot of the credit for their defense. And then Crowder hit those big threes. You know, Chris Paul hit his classic, like, let me get to the corner, hit my jumper. And then he set up another one there for Landry Shamit, who has been ice cold, but he hit the three and then that was game over. But yeah, who impressed you most? Was it, uh, you know, Bridges, his defense or the big guy like Aiton or obviously all of them? Yeah, I mean, I guess I would give the three stars vote to just the defense for the Suns because the way Bridges would get around screens, the comfort that Aiton had switching out onto Steph Curry, like Tass mentioned, he blocked a Steph Curry three, then on the next play down, Steph attacks Aiton off the switch, but Bridges blocks his shot at the rim right at the end of the first half. That was incredible stuff. So give the entire defense and the commitment to the scheme, I think, uh, the main the main credit here, because that was some impressive stuff uh, from the Suns. Even Steph said afterwards, a lot of the reason I was missing is because the Suns were doing such a good job. I mean, the guy yeah. shot two air balls. When do you ever see that from Steph Curry? He was just completely hurried up. And I thought Aiton was incredible. I thought he was dominant inside. I thought he controlled the paint on both sides. He was punishing switches offensively. Like, sometimes he would end up with Steph on him or maybe even Draymond, depending on uh, the way the possession went down. And he was having comfort just getting to a hook shot, dinking and dumping in there. Like Lee said, he had uh, six offensive rebounds. And the Suns are usually a drop defensive team where they're just waiting for him to kind of wall off the paint. But he was switching out there offensively and just completely engaged on both sides of the court. 
for the entirety of the game, and you obviously can't underrate what Bridges brought to the table last mm-hmm. night. Two points, but that's going to go on his all-defense reel at the end of the season. People are talking, could this guy make a run at Defensive Player of the Year? Funny to hear after a game against Draymond Green. Clearly the front runner going into this, but that was impressive. I mean... Part of it is the arms. His arms are incredibly long. The hands are incredibly quick. He's able to rip guys outside on the perimeter, and he's also able to get steals in the post. Like, there were times when Aiton would do such a good job of moving his feet on Steph Curry that Curry's got to pick up the ball. He tries to dish it into Draymond, but Bridges' arms are long enough to get around uh, the seal that Draymond's trying down there in the post. Just incredible stuff uh, from the Suns. You know, it looked like a playoff game for them, no doubt about it, and... It was was fun to watch. Turned into a little bit of a blowout at the end, but that's all credit to the Suns taking care of business. And again, I mean, they lose Devin Booker test. He slipped it in there. Like, I don't want to gloss over that. This guy was like on a tear recently, you know, 30 points per game over the last couple, looking like an all-NBA type guy, Uh, you know, definitely an all-star again. And he had 10 points and a couple boards in, what, 15 minutes of play, and then he, ugh. Hurts the left hammy there. I think that was an injury that he had last season for a little bit too. Um, so ho- hopefully nothing serious. But for then the Suns to like in a close game, I mean, it was a one-point game with five minutes to go. And we've talked about the Suns before in this winning streak. It's like, well, yeah, they got like two closers. They got Chris Paul and then they have Booker, but they're missing one of those guys last night. So I thought it was pretty amazing that you could lean on Chris Paul to set up a lot of these guys and he could do his thing and he was awesome again. Um, but to get this victory without Booker, I mean, it, it, like if another team loses their best player and they get this victory over an awesome team, the team with the best record coming into the into the game, I think people are going crazy. But it's just like everybody's contributing so much and they seem so deep, this squad. It's like, oh, like it's not made to be that big of a deal that Booker goes down and doesn't return in the second half. That says something about this squad to me. Yeah, they have two high-end ball handlers and when you try and double uh you know like the 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 Suns did a little bit to uh Steph Curry they were able to get the ball out of his hands sometimes um or switch DeAndre Ayton out onto him which is you know still can't believe that he danced with Steph Curry out there blocked his shot was able to to hang out with Steph they kind of pushed him to one side they did a good job the Warriors weren't able to have uh a secondary ball handler take over last night. The Warriors don't have right, that right now, right, right. Um, but the Suns do, and that's a, it's a, yeah, that's a, a special feat that they got going on right there. So yeah, you try and take uh, Booker out of it. Chris Paul should be able to beat you. They have that that special thing going on. That's uh, the only person that messed up in the last few minutes was Monty Williams when he got a technical <laughs> foul. The coach, four minutes left, walks onto the floor. Yeah. And gets teed yeah. because he thought it was a TV timeout. <laughs> and so did everybody. Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm so glad. I'm glad that the Suns didn't lose for that reason. <laughs> Monty, uh, like the, you know the headlines, just a picture of Monty Williams walking onto the floor. Uh, what what would it be? Uh, tee him up or I don't know. I mean that's too easy. Uh, timeout for you, Monty. I don't know. Um, Maybe like Mon with a dash and then it says just a T. Mon T. Not bad. <laughs> Get creative with it. I like that. I like I like coming out of this, Lee. That with Aiton and Bridges having awesome games, they had basically the podium game where they're both talking to the press after because they were so dominant. Um, you know, they they get to like recall winning only 19 games as rookies, yeah. and then now they've won. A franchise record, tying a franchise record, 17 straight. Like, I almost want the Suns' win streak to get to 19 because that's, like, too perfect. Like, we won 19 total games when we joined this organization, and now here we are winning uh, 19 straight. Now, to do that, they got to beat the Pistons. Could be could be one of those weird trap games. You never know because then they play, I believe, I have it right, 
the Warriors again, like Tass said, on Friday night. There's only one game in between there. Yeah, it's Wednesday night. That makes yeah. sense. So um, do you like their chances of, first off, not overlooking Detroit, I guess, and getting that one, and then beating Golden State again, uh, of course, this time in the Bay, probably with a better Steph Curry game, maybe some changes from Steph Curry, and maybe some other guys back in their roster as well, maybe like a Nicodal or something like that. Yeah, sign me up for 18. I think there's no question they okay. get that one. Uh, but you do expect a pretty fierce response, I think, here from the Warriors, especially Steph Curry, because we've seen him fire up a few times this season. A game against the Bulls, for example, where he really uh, caught fire in that game. I mean, he is the sort of guy who does respond. You know, we saw him against the Brooklyn Nets have one of his most amazing games. Now, that wasn't in response to anything, but it was almost like Steph just decided he wanted to show his MVP. He did that uh, against the Clippers just over the weekend there as well. So, you're going to, uh, you know, for the, for the fact that the Warriors were so close when Steph had, you know, the worst shooting career of, uh, worst shooting night of his career just shows, you know, like that that was still a pretty almost lucky win in that sense from the Phoenix Suns because Jordan Poole was their offense really last night. And uh, mm-hmm. and the other point, the Warriors had 22 turnovers and so many of those were just awful. And again, credit the Phoenix Suns defense for that. But Draymond Green got sped up. He made some terrible passes. And you saw Steve Kerr at one point on the sideline. He covered his mouth because he was just furious. I think that was over uh, actually uh, a Toscano Anderson, uh, you know, Oof. getting a shot clock violation. Yeah. But that was just the way it was for, for the Warriors last night. They could not get any sort of rhythm going to sort of get a lead and then try to maintain that because that defense kept on speeding them up. So will they win 19 straight? I hope they do. I hope so too. It would be great to see them, you know, sort of solidify this victory last night with one in Golden State in the, in the response game because then it'd be like, oh, now the Warriors. Imagine Christmas Day then. Warriors looking for uh, revenge on on, uh, on that occasion. Yeah, so, true. Yeah, I, I think, uh, yeah, give me 19. Why not? Let's have some fun with it. <laughs> I want uh, to get to 20 because then you remember a winning streak, I think. I think 20 is the threshold because during the broadcast, Brian Anderson brought it up that they're matching their franchise high of 17 straight wins, which was in 2007, the 06-07 season, mm-hmm. the first season of the Basketball Jones, first full season of the Basketball Jones way back then. And I didn't remember a 17 win streak <laughs> yeah. from the Phoenix Suns. You know, it was a great team, obviously. Sean Marion, Amari, and Steve Nash. They had a 17-game win streak that year. They had a 15-game win streak earlier in the season. Are we supposed to remember those? I mean, what's the... No, I'm with you. you got to get 20. over 20. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Yeah, 20's a lot. There. 20's, I mean, what's the all-time record? 33? That's yeah. right. Yeah. I mean, the Heat, yeah. the heat got 27. 27, yeah. Yeah, and yeah. the Bulls beat I, it, right? The yeah, this yeah. is a fair point, though, by Seth B. A lossless month. Still pretty yeah. effing crazy. Yeah. I, I hope uh, all of the Suns make the All-Star team. <laughs> or, or Player of the Week, I guess. Whatever. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, still... Player of the Month. It wasn't it the Hawks got Player of the Month. Yeah. All yeah. Of them. Damari right Carroll up. got one-fifth. They were spreading the star yeah. points around all of the players. <laughs> it's still one of the dumber things. It's so weird when you think about really it. Weird. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. That was an incredible month. They 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 really haven't lost. And I'm like, like people were pushing back on the win streak, Lee, because they're like, well, they haven't played that many great teams. Had a bit of a soft schedule there. And you know, okay, well, you just took down the uh, 18 and two Warriors in pretty convincing fashion as you got down the stretch, at least without your best guy, arguably, and Devin Booker. Awesome, yeah. awesome win. And just, we know that in the NBA, even after you win eight or nine in a row, there's always that one game in the calendar that just sort of pops up. That's why it is so impressive what Phoenix has done, considering they were one and three and considering what they're dealing with in the off-court stuff. That's kind of been brushed aside because, you know, 
winning cures everything in that sense. We're all talking about how incredible incredible they've been. Uh, and then again, to do it last night, as we say, I think defense great and all that, but Devin Booker was largely a non-factor, certainly in that second half. Yeah, it's funny you say that. I was thinking about this this morning, oddly, while I was unloading the dishwasher. I'm like, hmm, what if the Phoenix Suns go on to win the championship? And we all know the Larry O'Brien trophy is handed to the owner first. <laughs> What if Robert Sarver is still under investigation and this is like on go? Like what uh, happens in that case? It's a long way away uh, and it's maybe still unlikely even if the Suns win there or if the investigation is wrapped up and all that. But uh, anyway, just crossed my mind because they look that good. They look legit. And you can tell the way they're playing here. They got like an FU attitude to them. Like, oh, everybody's saying like we lucked out last year. Got by all these teams that had injuries to key guys. Eh, are we really that good, even though we had one of the better records uh, in the season, Tass? There, you can tell that, like, pisses them off. Especially with a guy like Chris Paul, who's always looking for that type of, like, motivation, I think. Uh, and it's applied to the rest of the team, it looks like. Yeah, and uh, I'm just, I was impressed by Chris Paul and how he was never out of control. I know he never really gets out of no. control, but the, with all the pressure that was coming at him because. Uh, everybody knew that Devin Booker wasn't on the floor. He was still able to orchestrate such a nice little last few minutes there. And it was perfect. And it helped that DeAndre Ayton was having a great game and, you know, living up to to his billing. And, and the Suns obviously haven't signed him long term, but um, he just looks so great on both ends of the floor. He, he was instrumental. We mentioned those six offensive rebounds, was so comfortable with those post moves, scoring. And, uh, you know, we, we haven't seen you know, full teams here, uh, so hopefully we get a little bit more of that Friday with Devin Booker. It was really interesting to hear Steve Kerr after the game say, the guys kind of rushed it from Jordan Poole uh, to Otto Porter. There, there are openings there for those guys and for Clay Thompson. I like him mentioning Clay Thompson was kind of interesting because I guess he's coming back real soon. I mean, he does look pretty good in those uh, highlight videos from the Santa Cruz Warriors. Uh, so, you know, if, you, if you're jumping... These these little, uh, I guess I don't, I don't know what to call them. These little these little lines, these little snippets of people saying, "Well, if Jordan Poole won't go off like that again, well, Devin Booker uh, will be back. Well, Steph Curry won't go off like that. I mean, if Clay Thompson comes back, uh, Jordan Poole goes to the bench, and Juan Toscano Anderson isn't in the rotation, doesn't turn the ball over five times. So you could play that what if game forever. Uh, but uh, I'm, I want to see a full fledged roster versus roster here because yeah. these are obviously the best two teams in the league right now yeah i would agree with that and everybody like pointing out like well it's a different game if clay plays last night i would argue in watching last night's game the warriors could have used an Iguodala or maybe even like a james wiseman to try and contain uh Aiton doing work down there in the post a little bit more it's like that's what they were really really missing of course you're gonna want clay in any lineup i get that but just for spacing reasons and, and he can play defense too but yeah those two guys especially like an Iguodala is just like He's played in a million big games. He's not going to get flustered. Like, you look at what Jay Crowder was given the, the, the Suns. You know, Iguodala does that at this point of his career as well. He can hit the open three. He obviously is, like, extremely intelligent defensively. So, I'm with you, Tass. I hope we get full rosters here. Maybe on Christmas. That would be perfect. This is the 5 o'clock game, right? On the Christmas schedule. I think that's where they slotted this one. That's the Tass. I've heard you say that's oh. the juicy spot, right? Isn't that your favorite one? Mm. <laughs> That's when the turkey one, huh? is the juiciest. For uh, sure. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I forgot. Yeah, that. we got I a five o'clock start. Yeah. Wow, nice. There you go. Uh, so that must mean the Lakers Nets game is probably following that at the eight o'clock spot. Okay, any other uh, notes on Warriors Suns, or you want to keep it moving here? 
We'll keep it oh. moving. Oh, Trey, you got something. I opened my mouth, didn't I? <laughs> <laughs> sort of did. All I was going to say is at one point, Chris Paul hit a mid-range jumper that he started taking when he was facing the other way. Yeah. That was right. pretty cool. That was so, wild. Yeah. He, I, he was not looking at the hoop when he started his attempt, I don't think. He kind of did like a do do in the lane, went uh, almost a double spin move. And when he shot it, he was falling over. Yeah. And it was a pure swish. That was really cool. So um, glad I said it. it. I'm glad you said it as well. And also, I'll add to that. I'm loving the Mikhail Bridges love for like, you know, okay, defensive player of the year. Sure, have him in the conversation. He's going to make an all-defensive team. That's looking likely. Um, While all that's going on, and it's great, Chris Paul is still an elite defensive player in this league. Like, he just goes about it differently than your your long-limbed Mikhail Bridges and Cam Johnson, like you said, Lee, where they get a lot of interceptions and a lot of deflections because like you're like, whoa, didn't realize their arms were that long. I thought I was making a simple pass there. They just engulfed it. But Chris Paul is the opposite. He's just like, he's such a pest. He just comes in like it's like a like a, a honey badger or something. Yeah. Like he's just he's like just digs away at people and he comes up with so many steals and deflections. And I just want I'm always reminded. Because I don't think about this when I think of Chris Paul. Because you think, like, I think you brought it up the other day, that stat where he's, like, the first player in history, 20,000 points, 10,000 assists, 5,000 rebounds. He's a nine-time all-defensive player and a six-time, uh, you know, steals champion for a season. And he had another five last night. It's just like, mm. at this point of his career, even, it's it's pretty amazingly. So I just wanted to show him a little bit more love. I don't mm-hmm. know if you have anything to add to that. <laughs> well, no, he, he, he is. He's. You, I think we have sort of almost just, uh, like, yeah, he's a great defender. You take it for granted, but he's a very yeah. smart defender. He's not the athletic, athletic guys like Johnson and Bridges with the long arms. He just gets in the lanes. He gets in the way. I think he actually holds the record for most consecutive games with a steal, too. He set that mm. when he was back in the Pelican. Uh, was that the Pel- No, the Hornets would have been back in those days. So, yeah, he's always been a great defender. And uh, good to see him get a victory over if- Steph Curry. Yeah, that's true. I mean, yeah, Curry, <laughs> Curry generally comes out on top of Chris Paul. Maybe it changes this year. I will ask you, Lee, final question. I promise we'll move on. <laughs> would you rather, you're bringing the ball up, Lee. Which one would make you shit your pants more? <laughs> Is it the bridges? Like, oh my God, his arms stretch from sideline to sideline. And like, how am I ever going to get by this guy? Or is it the Chris Paul like type of guy where it's like they're just so annoying and they're just mm. they're, they're breathing down your neck and slapping at your arms and like which which one would you hate to uh, bring the ball up against? It, it, it's actually the Bridges one because that brings back okay. memories. You know, I used to be the point guard of my team. You know, playing as kids and there was this guy for this one other team. He stole it off me. He just kept poking it away because his arms could just go around. And I would come down like this sometimes. Oh, chicken wing him. Yeah. yeah. And he would like go underneath and still poke it away. Like he was just my, he was my nemesis. He was my nemesis because okay. he was, he was just like, I can steal it off this guy. And I was just like, I want to fight this guy, but I also want to learn to play defense like him as well. Okay. <laughs> I'm glad I asked. Okay. Uh, our next game, it was the first game on TNT last night. Uh, also really entertaining. Came down to the wire. The Nets edged the Knicks 112-110 on James Johnson's free throws. I was not expecting to see James Johnson's name in the headline here, but uh, Trey, have at it. What were your big takeaways? James Johnson. I haven't heard that name in years. Uh, it was a fun one in fake New Jersey last night. The AP said it was the biggest crowd ever at the Clays. It was probably 50-50 Nets-Knicks. So it oh, was close. lit. Yeah. yeah, it was loud the entire time. A tight first half, 
But the Nets opened things up in the third, went on a 14-0 run. Kevin Durant got hot. James Harden was hitting the glass. The guy had a tip dunk that he said he thinks is his only NBA tip dunk of his career. He was shaking his brownies. DeAndre Bembry was making plays. The Nets stretched things out to a 16-point lead, and I was thinking, this is over. This is just the big third-quarter run that we see from so many elite teams to bury uh, their opponents after a tight first half. But here comes the Knicks bench. Quickly, Rose and Noel in for Burks, Robinson, and Quentin Grimes, who was in the lineup for R.J. Barrett out with an illness. The Knicks bench went on a 16-4 run to end a third Knicks get it back to fourth, heading into the fourth. They're battling back and forth. Kevin Durant heats up again. 11 in the fourth for Durant. The Knicks could not keep him off the free throw line. He hit a couple freebies to put the Nets up three with about 30 seconds left. Knicks run a great play. Uh, Tom Thibodeau uses James Harden's man, Derrick Rose, to screen for Evan Fournier, assuming James Harden ain't popping out to help on this three-point attempt. He didn't. Evan Fournier, a wide-open look for three. Bing bong, tie game. He had the hoof hands out, looking good. (laughs) But the Nets still had a chance to win. It's a tie game with 17 seconds left. KD's been torching the Knicks at this point, so they send a double with Rose. James Johnson, he's back, baby. Pops to the free throw line. KD hooks him up. Johnson attacks the hoop. Bad foul from Mitchell Robinson. Yeah. That was definitely a foul. I mean, he yeah. just lunged at him as everybody was saying, Reggie was saying that they said it post game, just go straight up and down, yeah. man. You've got the size, you've got the athleticism and the youth. That was a bad foul. James Johnson steps to the line for two beauties. Nets win, Nets win. Hmm. Game of the night at least up until that point. The big story afterwards though, free throws, baby. Nets went 22 <laughs> of 25. The Knicks Only went 11 of 12. Both Julius Randle and Tommy Tibbs called out the refs afterwards because Randle only shot two free throws, and I think both of them were on and ones, including one like on a jump shot, not even close to the hoop. Uh, But this was really fun. I saw that a bunch of Knicks fans uh, set up a GoFundMe to try and fight Scott Foster after this one. They said somebody's (laughs) got to do it. NBA (laughs) players can't, so somebody's got to. But that's uh, it was awesome. Even post-game, like Harden had probably his best game uh, recently, he's been playing well, uh, but he had a nice game. Afterwards, they asked him about it. He's like, I'm not going to lie. There were as many Knicks fans here as there were Nets fans, but our fans held it down too. So it felt like a rivalry game last night. Really, really fun to watch. Yeah, hold on. This GoFundMe? No, I thought you were setting it up to say the Knicks fans were starting the GoFundMe to raise the 15000 that Julius Randle inevitably is going to get fined for, you know, uh, yeah. calling out the officials. But the GoFundMe was to fight Scott Foster? What are they, yeah. what are they raising here's, money for? <laughs> here's, uh, here's the thing. Hey, everyone. I'm a lifelong basketball fanatic and longtime watcher of the NBA. I think it's time someone fights the corrupt NBA referee Scott Foster. Tonight, okay. I watched in person as Scott Foster single-handedly changed the outcome of an NBA game. NBA athletes can't fight Scott Foster because they risk A, suspension, and B, yep. legal consequences. <laughs> sure. Nevertheless, someone has to fight yeah. Scott Foster. I think the twenty I think it's twenty-five thousand is what they're trying to raise. Twenty thousand for goes, what? <laughs> twenty thousand goes to the winner. Oh to give to charity 
The other 5,000 is so that the person running the GoFundMe can pay off the refs to win the boxing match against Scott Hall. Knicks okay. fans are awesome. Okay. I'm, I'm glad I asked. That was very confusing. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, well, what do you think, Tass? You watched this one. Is Randall Tibbs, or do they have a... They have a point here, like they got the the short end of the stick when it came to the whistle. I know Tibbs was like, I don't care how you're going to call a game, either you're going to call a lot of fouls or you're going to let them play, just stay consistent. He doesn't he doesn't think they did that. What do you think? I'm not listening to any member of the New York Knicks or the coaches. I, I don't believe any of them. Mitchell Robinson went to Twitter afterwards after he fouled James Johnson. It was clear he fouled him. <laughs> he took to Twitter retweeted a video of it and said, "Wow, got pushed in the back and hit ball first. The video that he retweeted was him hitting James Johnson's arm. I mean, yeah. he hits his arm, and then he deleted the tweet afterwards. It's like, <laughs> on the court, on the court, you can think, all right, maybe I got ball or whatever. Yeah. You, you know, you think you're invincible. But then you take to Twitter, you shower, and then you see it. How can you still retweet? I don't believe anybody. Uh, I, I understand. Um, but, you know, Harden's not getting calls. Uh, so, I don't nah, nah. No? I, I can understand being mad, uh, but... They lost, uh, and they're and they're lucky that uh, Kevin Durant had a, a cold first half. Um, James Harden, he's still an enigma uh, to me. That he, you know, he woke up in this game. I, I do think it was his best game, and and whether he got a tip dunk or not earlier in his career, that tip dunk and that celebration uh, was pretty fantastic. It was fantastic that celebration right there. So good stuff. Good on him. Lee Randall, only two free throws. He looks at the box score. KD nine. Hard in ten attempts. Hey, I'm I'm right there with these guys. That's what he's thinking. Hey. He's like, where are my calls? I'm I'm attacking. I'm going in there. And then he says, like, he talked to the officials, and they're like, uh, well, you're t- you're too physical. You're too strong. <laughs> yeah, That's what yeah, he says. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, but but what do you what like, in watching the game? Honestly, does he have a case here that he should have been at the free throw line a couple more times? Ah, uh, nice. Look, the, I think the one that really upset him was when he just before he got the tech foul because he went in, he kind of looked like there might have been a little bit of contact on the hand there. He misses the shot. He goes down the other end. Kevin Durant crosses him up beautifully for the second time of the night. Hits a, hits a jump shot. The Nets stay up or they go up. And then he's kind of angry at the refs and he, and he gets the tee for that at a crucial moment of the game. So I think that's kind of a combination there of, uh, of, the, of the entire night. But listen... I've been on record all season saying I love the way the, 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 the games are called right now. I don't think there was anything super egregious last night that was missed or that was wrongly called. There was a one where the Knicks challenged when Kevin Durant went in. He fouled It was Rose, Rose, I believe it was. He fouled him. I mean, he fouled him. Like, that. that's the way it goes. You know, foul calls should never be even. Free throws should never be even. There's no way the ref should go like, well, they've had 20. They've only had 10. We need to even it up. That's just not the way it goes. So this was a great game. The Knicks had a chance to win. An incredible play. Fournier tied the game there with about 20 seconds to go. And the Knicks just lost this game. And I think that's more where the frustration comes from. I didn't really, I wasn't sort of scrolling back through going, oh, that's a foul. That's a big one they missed there. There's a ton of bang-bang calls in every NBA game. I am much happier that we're allowing a lot more physicality this season. And the crucial crucial ones, like we're talking about here, Mitchell Robson, he fouled James Johnson. Mm-hmm. James Johnson, 68% free throw shooter. He knocked down a couple. Didn't do enough for me to get the practice of free throws, kids, though. I just thought, I'm not going to do that tonight. Uh, but, 
I just think that uh, a, a great game, an incredible atmosphere last night. It looked so much fun there. Yeah. And the Knicks just couldn't get it done at the end of the game. So uh, maybe Randall, sure, maybe there's a couple that could have gone his way, maybe not. But overall, this, to me, wasn't terrible refereeing or biased refereeing or anything like that. I think that uh, they're just they're just pissed that they lost this game and they could have won it. You will Re- not be donating to the GoFundMe to go fight nah, Goff we can't. No, we, no we can't complain. We can't complain no matter what. We can't say, well, let's go back to the old way where people are complaining, well, this guy's selling fouls. There's too much embellishment. We've got to get rid of that. Okay, we've gotten rid of that. Now we're saying, well, hang on. The you now now you're not calling enough fouls uh, either, or you're calling the wrong foul. Like you yeah, but just the next can't... problem with last night is like Harden and Durant are attacking and they're getting to the line, and we think Randall is doing the same thing and he's not getting to the line. That's what they're and, saying. And and sure, again, in one game, maybe that's the case. If this is a thing throughout the season where they can put together clear evidence where Randall's not getting obvious fouls, then maybe that's something to investigate. But in a game like that last night, it was an arm wrestle. It was a tug of war. The Knicks were in chance to win it. The Nets just got there in the end. And I just think that's what we should be focusing on rather than okay. like, you know, oh, maybe this was a foul. Maybe he didn't get enough calls. Keep attacking Julius Randle and I guarantee you will end up with a whole lot more foul calls because I thought he was re- really good last night. But I just, I, it just, I woke up this morning and I saw all those uh, quotes there from Tibbs and I'm just like, we, we, we can't, we can't do this. We can't just complain no matter what and say, well, the refs are calling the game wrong. It's either the way we had it before, where you get James Harden, and James Harden went in last night a couple of times, throwing the arms around, not getting those calls. Mm-hmm. There's no way we want to go back to that, in my opinion, of like, yep, anytime he just throws his arms around, that's technically a foul. So the way it is right now is better. Bad luck to the Knicks. Great game, though. Well played. You just lost. Tass, you were going to jump in there. I thought you were going to add something. Mm, maybe. Okay. Um, but at this point, uh, well, I, I thought Randall wasn't necessarily that aggressive last night. Uh, I think he is a tough player to officiate because guys sort of bounce off him. And he, you know, kind of like uh, you know, Dwight in the past or Shaq even way before that, like he, he, he absorbs those hits. And it's kind of hard to tell because he doesn't really move. Uh, but I didn't think he was really driving a lot last night. I thought he was... He was jump shooting Randall, and I thought mm-hmm. he played a really good game. I, I, he he did a good job of uh, getting everybody involved. Obviously, eight helpers, and uh, I thought Alec Burks in the starting lineup. Man, he was you know on fire uh, for most of the night. He you know slowed down a little bit, but to have a twenty five point night in place of Kemba Walker there was uh, was a good sign for the Knicks. Um, mm-hmm. But you know you're you're going up against James Harden when he decided to be great. This was uh, I, I, again I think James Harden's best game. Uh, to have an 18-point first quarter like that, nobody w- expected that, I don't think, uh, because James Harden has not been that incredible you know, through the first 20 games of the season, but he's starting to turn it on recently. And now they have two stars, and now they, they look really good. So, uh, yeah, the rotations are interesting there with the Nets, with uh, you know DeAndre Bembry starting and Blake Griffin out, uh, the, both teams tinkering. Mm-hmm. The... Uh... Nick's challenge there on the Rose one sort of came into play, if you think about it, Lee, because they, they lose the challenge, lose the timeout, and didn't have one to call after James Johnson hit the two free throws, so they had to like call uh, call in the home run play, as Reggie said on the broadcast, and Fournier wasn't that far off. I mean, it, uh, he gave it a chance. He got it up on the rim, basically from uh, half court, but they would have liked that timeout, of course. And I did have one more thought. Oh, yeah, something that happened during the game, like during a timeout, Lee. Here's another question for you, Lee. Um... <laughs> 
this this guy was given the chance to take three pointers, right? And every three pointer he hit got two hundred bucks. Okay, he had like forty five seconds or something. I don't know what it was. It was like maybe maybe a minute. He hit three NBA threes. You know they're they're very far. He he splashed three. He had a pretty good looking release, but he hit three. And then the option is, well, do you want the six hundred bucks, or do you want a shot from half court for twenty five thousand? <laughs> what do you what are you doing, Leo? Let's say I, you even hit five, let's say you hit five threes. Let's say you got a thousand bucks right there. Yeah. Are you still gonna go for the twenty five k from half court? Guys, one of the most embarrassing things that we've all committed is our inability to hit a half court shot. Uh, in Las Vegas, what did we finish? None for thirty or something no, like that. Very high. We've had none a lot for of a lot. <laughs> I, 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 I think under these circumstances, you just got to take the money and run. I don't uh, think you go for I the big bucks. I think that's the right answer. Actually. Yeah. yeah, I mean it's a lame answer, and I hope you would get booed <laughs> off the floor if you want to see the half court shot. But six hundred bucks, thousand yeah. bucks. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you. Yeah, I mean, could he could he choose his spot, or was it at the top of the top of the key there? Uh, like, that's great. Uh, he was shooting from the top. The yeah, three pointers. That's, yeah, that's where I guess you want to ask. Hey, can I go to the corners, please? Go to the corner. Yeah, I got a minute. I reckon that's I can make. Uh, I can make ten from the corner in a minute. I think so. Wow, yeah. it's a couple holy of grand. Yeah, but uh, uh, half court shots just not our thing, guys. No. Just not our thing. <laughs> this guy came close. He, uh, he at least hit the rim. It was sort of a pretty. Pretty similar to Evan Fournier's sort of uh, heave at the end there. Hit on the same side and everything. Okay, the other games from last night. I'll throw all three at you. You guys can touch on any you want. Grizzlies won their second straight without John Morant. They beat the Raptors 98-91 in the Naismith Cup. Uh, The Trailblazers snapped a three-game skid with the 110-92 win over the Detroit Pistons. And the Lakers, they overcame LeBron's absence uh, to beat the Kings 117-92. Lee, any of those three jump out the page at you? Thank God we had the other two games last night because they were awesome. <laughs> These three, oh, where do you want to go, Skeetsy? The Raptors did not look like they were the better team at all last nope. night. The Grizzlies, uh, I don't know if the Raptors actually ever led that game. When you're going up against the worst defensive team in the league, missing their best player, and you don't even really get close, ooh, that's a bit uh, bit of a yucky one there for the Raptors. Uh, Kate Cunningham had a nice game, but the Pistons got smoked. And the Sacramento Kings led at halftime, but got absolutely drilled in the second half. So, I mean... <laughs> Anything to add for any anybody well, from any of those games? Okay, well, the LeBron news is, I guess, interesting to ask. Okay. Um, he sent home earlier in the day. He's placed in the NBA's health and safety protocol. Now, Anthony Davis told him, told us, excuse me, you know, that LeBron felt good. He, he should be okay. But the Lakers might have to play some games without him here because if Braun tested positive for COVID-19, he would have to return two negative PCR tests here within 24 hours apart so he can return. Otherwise, the NBA mandates a minimum of 10 days in isolation for LeBron uh, away from the team and without physical activity. So he could be out here for a while. They came back to win, and maybe you have some notes on the game itself, but are the Lakers going to be okay here? Like, can they can they get through a possibly extended absence, another one from LeBron? Well, I think the lesson learned here is you got to test everybody who comes to Christmas dinner because it didn't seem like uh, people were tested who came to Thanksgiving dinner. It sure seems like that's where uh, LeBron contracted COVID-19, if he has it, but it sure seems like he does. Yeah, 10 days. Uh, test everybody. Test everybody. Don't contract COVID-19. That's unfortunate. Um, I, yeah, I hope he's okay. I, you know, the Lakers will, whatever, they'll they'll get by, won't they? Well, they'll if Anthony Davis plays like Anthony Davis can, then yes. But if he plays like he did at times when LeBron was already out, then they might struggle again. What do you think, Trey? 
They need to have the Anthony Davis from last night. He took 22 shots, but only eight of them were outside the lane. It was a post-up festival for that guy, and that's exactly what the Lakers need from Anthony Davis. He came out and decided to be the number one option against a smaller Kings team that had Rashawn Holmes back for the first time in a little bit, but... Davis has the size and the length to be able to shoot over him or whoever else the Kings are going to throw at him. He was great, Um, and that's what they need every single night from Anthony Davis. We know that that's not necessarily always the case, but if he's going to be living in the lane like that, that's an impossible matchup for most teams, and that's what it's going to have to be for the Lakers, but this is just another setback for them. You know, LeBron has been in the lineup, out of the lineup, in the lineup, out of the lineup. We know their best team is going to be when they have a little bit of continuity and give Uh, LeBron a chance to actually figure things out but now that he is having another stop this puts them a little bit further behind I mean I'm sure they can survive in the meantime with Davis and Westbrook coming around a little bit here but they really need to start working on the continuity if they're gonna make any noise come playoff time I believe they had like a light schedule here too the Lakers do in terms of the number of games like if LeBron is out 10 days I don't think you would miss that many games which is good news for Lakers fans is it five okay I thought it was even four so yeah um, yeah, they should be able to keep their head above water. But AD needs to play. Like, I'm sort of getting tired a little bit of the excuse when LeBron's out. Like, oh, the Lakers are... Like, yeah, no shit, they're a completely different team. But they they have Anthony Davis. Mm-hmm. They Like, they still should be awesome. I mean, he should be one of the best players still in the league. I'd like to see him, like, really, like, take that and run with it for a couple of games here. If LeBron is going to miss some extended time. Well, it's it shows how, uh, obviously, Anthony Davis should be the number one, and, and they should be fine. He just got named to the top 75. He should be able to carry a team uh, for several games. But it shows that, you know, beyond their, their big three, that things get thin. Uh, and uh, that's, that's a problem, obviously, with the Lakers. It's been a problem with, you know, super teams in the past. Heck, it's a problem with the Toronto Raptors, if you watch that team out there. You know, OG and Anobi not out there. Uh, Ken Birch, Ken Birch would be very, very, very solid uh, if he was able to to play out there. He's injured right now. It's a crazy step, but you want to hear this this beautiful number from our friend Eric Corrine. In the twelve games, Ken Birch and Precious Achua have played when they've had their depth at center. They're seven and five. That's not bad. They'd be a decent team, but then you just throw Precious out there without Ken Birch, and and things are weird. Things are just weird. What's going on? with that team that that's the the frustrating thing is that pressure situation just tries to do too much i know we've talked about it but it's like did, did, are you just letting it go are, are you just allowing this to be a rebuilding year or are you going to reel him in a little bit uh because man that's bad. That's bad basketball, watching uh, Precious Achua just go wherever he wants and fire wherever he wants. Uh, he's, he's, he needs to be reined in like he's a Kem Birch. Anyways, well, we have the Raptors losing and the Kings losing, which means we're closer to a Raptors-Kings trade. Coming up soon. Mere weeks, that'll be happening. It'll be a blockbuster we'll be talking about. Um, but yeah, just to go back to the Kings before we take our first break. They were leading this game. Like They were up like pretty comfortably, Lee. You said it. 66-52 to 52 early in the third, and then the Lakers... It scored them by 27 points over the final nine and change of that quarter. They're up 13 heading into the fourth. Just kept laying the hammer on them. Elvin Gentry postgame says, quote, I want to apologize to every Kings fan out there because you do not deserve this. The second half was a disaster and it was an embarrassment. 
we can't do what we did in the second half. The fans don't deserve that. Again, that was from Gentry. Some strong words there from uh, Elvin Gentry. Like, say, what? This is this is ridiculous. They they are without LeBron. We're leading this game. We're playing well, and then we just completely fell apart. So, yes, unfortunately, uh, more from the Kings. So they fired the coach. Uh, that didn't really change anything in terms of how they've played. So now, do the Kings decide? Okay. It's trade time. We have to trade yeah. someone. De'Aaron Fox, despite the season that he's he's having he's, in terms of his struggles, he's still their most valuable trade asset. Do they just say, all right, we may as well trade him now because um, I think that's the next step. Otherwise, are they just going to run the clock out on another season? Just another wasted season? It just seems to me pointless. But, uh, yeah, to, they, this is the team they beat triple overtime just the other night. Now, yeah, again, a couple of guys weren't there for the Kings, but you can't just have a lead that big and then get blown out by 25 in less than a half of basketball. It's just, uh, it is embarrassing. No wonder Alvin Gentry said it, but uh, how much of it is on, on sort of Gentry and just like that front office there where they're like, the players just don't seem inspired right Mm -hmm. now. So you're going to have to do something else. But hold on, hasn't Gentry won two of his five games? That would be like uh, one of the best winning percentages <laughs> in, in King's history. Yeah, he'd be yeah. right there. If he yeah, I mean, look, I, I love Alvin Gentry. He's, he's, you know, he's a great guy, and uh, we've spoken to him. But uh, again, they fired. <laughs> well, no, no, but I mean, great like, guy. The, Only well, because they, I spoke to him. They they fired uh, Luke Walton, and you know, it's not again. He hasn't come in, and then all of a sudden, you know, he's got this inspiring voice that all the guys want to go and play. Shoulders are slumped. Body language is just terrible. And they're just not—they're just not fighting at all. So mm-hmm. that's the problem. Let me let me bring up uh, one tweet from a guy that we've also spoken to, uh, <laughs> guy? Because, because this riled me up a little bit. And, and uh, from his perspective, I guess he he, he thought of his compliment. Lang Whitaker, old friend Lang Whitaker, yep. said that Scotty Barnes, Raptors rookie, reminds him of Danielle Marshall. <laughs> I didn't like that. I didn't like that as, as, as a, as a like Raptor. I, I booed him. I just straight up booed that man. Wow. But uh, Lang Whitaker came back at me and said, hey, he was great coming out of UConn. <laughs> but, you know, I, I, Daniel Marshall, decent NBA career, just a lot slower than Scotty Barnes. <laughs> uh, not as athletic. Different body type. Great shooter. Held the NBA record for most threes in a game for a while. Tied, anyways. He had Tied. 12 threes in a game. Yep. Um, but come on. <laughs> That's it. That's your ceiling on Scotty wow. Burns. I, you know, his, I, I, he thought of it as a compliment, but uh, I ain't buying it. I ain't how, buying it, Lang. How do you feel about Canadian players playing really well against the <laughs> Toronto Raptors test? Love it. Does it upset you? Oh, you like it? Oh. Get up for the Naismith Cup, as it's called. Okay. Well, did you see what Dylan Brooks was wearing uh, after oh, last wow. night's game? My goodness. Uh, yeah, what about that three, the celebration there, Skeetsy, with the hair? And that is, you say he's got the most punchable face. You've been saying it for years. To, yeah. Oh, not wrong. No, no. Well, I think that was the only three hit, too, last night. And, uh, oh, man, <laughs> he had it circled on the calendar there. <laughs> I mean, I like him. I want to make this clear. I like him, but, man. I saw this quote. I saw Dylan Brooks post game, and I did not expect that he scored 17 points on 5 of 18 shooting. Come <laughs> yeah, on. Yeah. I had it circled. I was going to go in there and make less than a third of my shots. That's his game. That's that's him, man. It's uh, it's I don't know. There's I almost like love that confidence he has. <laughs> it's uh, it's crazy. Anyway, it's a good win for the Grizzlies, especially without John Morant. Again, not a great game for the Raptors, but that's okay. We're getting close to trade season. Something's happening. Let's take our first break. When we come back, we will hit the beach. JD. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. All right, let's hit the beach. Get to a few of your questions. Yeah, a little beach step in. Keep sending in your questions. Email them in, no dunks at theathletic.com. Tweet them in at no dunks inc. That's I N C. Or. Can always leave them below the YouTube video down in the comments. All right, got a couple here. First one, I was in the car with my girlfriend listening to the No Dunks pod, and Skeets was promoting getting to 50,000 subs. (laughs) I also said that off the top of today's show. (laughs) My girlfriend looked at me and asked, why are you listening to a podcast with less than 50,000 subs? I believe trying to make a joke. I then went through your guys' history with podcasting and television to inform her you guys are in your bag and are the real deal. My question is, what's something NBA-adjacent you loved that maybe wasn't the most popular, but you always thought was underrated? Loved the show. That's from Benton. What do you think, Trey? Nice joke. (laughs) (laughs) That's what I think. Uh, Honestly, though, NBA-adjacent... Super underrated, Christian and Scooby, Mm. the NBA halftime show. Christian is balancing. Scooby comes out of the radio, does some balancing as well, and then they balance together. (laughs) You only ever see it at a halftime of a basketball game, but I don't know. He's been on like America's Got Talent. People like this. And I honestly think that Christian has become underrated in Christian and Scooby. Everybody's tuning in for the dog. That dog can dunk. That dog can do two dunks. But Christian is incredible, man. Yeah. He can balance a dog on top of his feet while balancing on top of something. He can balance (laughs) on two basketballs. You ever try and sit on a basketball? That's tough. How about balancing on your hands upwards? You can throw on Christian and Scooby and kids will be completely enamored by what is happening. Not enough people know. If you want to see a man balancing a dog... Christian and Scooby is the only choice, as far as I know. <laughs> That's a great answer. We we were lucky enough to have Christian and Scooby on our show once upon a time. <laughs> Live in studio, we saw it with our own <laughs> eyes, Tass. That, that's a great answer. And and Christian is underrated. I'm with you on that. The that was my exact do. answer. No way. <laughs> yeah. no way. Are you serious? Yeah. Well, it just so happened that Trey and I were watching Christian and Scooby clips the oh, other day, so it was oh. fresh on the brain uh, that, yes, uh, and Scooby's down to dunk now. He can throw it down. So, yeah, um, I, I I think he's making his way into the NFL. He's done some NFL games as well. Christian has. has. Yeah, wow. he's, he's he's been at uh, 
50-yard line doing his thing. It seems like a basketball thing, but now he's opening up to a bigger audience. Yeah, he's been on America's Got Talent. He's done a lot of European shows. I saw he uh, he had a, you know, a quick little slip up where he oh. goes. Yeah, he goes upside down. He's doing a handstand on these pedestal things. Yeah, and uh, yeah, he, he kind of sl- his hand slipped, but he got right back up recently on a oh. European uh, talent show, whatever it was called. Uh, that guy is a tank. Well, well, Scooby uh, he screwed is underrated. up once. He took a dump on the Bucks court. <laughs> <laughs> that was awesome. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about that. Ta-da! That's a very funny clip. (laughs) Okay. So, yeah. So, you guys guys just get together in your off time and watch uh, Christian Scooby clips? That's cool, too. Send the invite. I'll swing by. Uh, Yeah, we like to go monthly, you know, so we just watched all of November's. Okay, I gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Uh, Lee, do you have an answer for this? Like, honestly, not really. Uh, I was trying to think of something. No. And I just I just couldn't come up with something NBA adjacent that, you know, isn't sort of recycled, reused, you know, oh, yeah, free throws, whatever, boring. Uh, but thankfully, Trey and Tass came up with great answers, so I, <laughs> right. think I, can, I think I can duck out of this one nice, safely. <laughs> hey, I just want to say something to your uh, girlfriend, Benton, too. 50,000 subs on YouTube. <laughs> We're not talking podcast numbers here. Lady Benton, okay. Uh, that's just the, this is the YouTube. We're just trying to get our YouTube followers up. We're trying to hit 50k, then 100k, so we get a plaque, and then we'll retire. That's all we want. We want that YouTube plaque. Uh, but yeah, we're not even talking about the podcast numbers. Thank you for sticking up for us, though, Benton. Started late in the game, Lady Benton. That's the thing. <laughs> been podcasting for a long time, but haven't been solo YouTube channeling for a long time. So that's the deal. Right. What do you guys? Yeah, Lee's response just made me think of the. Uh, the cleaner, sweeper, cleaner person at basketball games. You know, like um, you got the mop boy, as they call yeah. him. But now there's the the guy who... Sexy know, mop man? Yeah, sexy mop man. He jumps around. <laughs> guy that's like gyrating on the ground. Yeah, like, how yeah, do you guys feel up? about that? Um, sure. <laughs> Good for him. Yeah. <laughs> I love a clean court. <laughs> It's really funny. When he when he did the it. one where he like cleaned the spot and then rolled out off the floor, I actually laughed out loud at that part. Yeah, the rolling's pretty good. Yeah, so I'm, I'm right. here for it. Yeah. All right, next um, email here. Oh. I was gonna say one thing. Oh, one final thing. Talking about YouTube. I mean, this is a little tease there, but did you see that camera move that JD had? That was nice. To the Peloton. Did you see how smooth it was? That's okay. That's all I'm gonna say. That's what all I'm gonna say. <laughs> you just hold, hey, Lady Benton. You just hold on to your ass, all right? <laughs> You're gonna want to be one of the first fifty thousand. That's right. That's exactly right. I remember right. back when No Dunks didn't even have fifty thousand subscribers. Now they got fifty million. Ooh. Where were you? By Christmas, twenty eighty five. Okay, well, we got another one here. Hey, No Dunks. Quick and simple question for you guys. That's a bit overdue. I typically listen to your guys' podcast at work, so I don't see the visuals you show on YouTube, like JD's camera shot. Mm. With that said, when you played the Crazy Nick celebration video, I thought that you guys were adding your own lines. Specifically for the entire podcast, I genuinely believed it was JD who added his own bing bong. Am I the only one that feels like bing bong guy sounds like JD? That's all. Thanks for everything you guys do. Cole, the hula hooper is his sign off okay well there's only one way to figure this out right we need jd to drop a bing bong and then we need to hear the bing bong and see how similar they are yeah yeah i'm trying 
Uh, you know what? I won't even try to do it like the guy. I'll okay. just do it, and then we'll play the guy. Okay. Bing bong! Bing bong! Wow. Yeah. I sort of hear it. It's close. <laughs> it's, it, yeah. It's Cadence close. Cadence is similar. I think well, the, do it, do the, it, bings do it again, pretty, the bings are pretty accurate. Yeah. Go again, JD. Bing bong! Bing bong! <laughs> no, he does a little longer. He, hang, he, 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 hang bong, he holds longer. the bong. He holds the bong. Yeah. Okay, 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 okay. <laughs> Bing bong! Bing bong! I think he, I think he's holding the ing a little bit there too, just a just a beat. Bing bong! I think so. Yeah. Oh man, I'm, I'm not. The day I take notes from Lee Ellison. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think our, our emailer is right though, for sure. Cole, you're on. Yeah. To yeah. Do. Sure. Okay. Uh, well, well, I can do this guy. <laughs> no, I can't do that. I was, uh, was going to ask Lee to do that guy. Yeah, uh, that was awesome. that was James Harden after the putback last night. Yeah. That's what he was doing. <laughs> That's true. Okay, great, great observation. Look, it doesn't always have to be a question here, right? On Beach Steppen, you got a great comment, great observation. Send it in. Uh, final one here. Hi. Regarding Skeets dipping his grilled cheese in ketchup, I've heard this anti-ketchup sentiment from Americans before. For what it's worth, in Belgium, if you order uh, croque monsieur, which basically is a grilled cheese with ham, it's standard practice to serve it with some ketchup. Some places serve it with ketchup and mayonnaise as a bit of a combo there. So you're good, Skeetsy. Belgium has got your back. Cheers for getting me and my wife into Survivor. Great stuff. Uh, <laughs> Great email from Vince. Thank you, Vince, for having my back. All of Belgium has my back. Um, yeah, this sort of like kicked off again because I think we just shared the TikTok video, right, of me talking about dipping my grilled cheese sandwich into either tomato soup or ketchup. And oh, the blowback I got. Not only the first time I said it, but then the TikTok going around, Trey. That just like kicked it all off again. People like, ketchup, you monster, are you crazy? People are crazy if they're calling you out on this one, Skeets. I had a grilled cheese last night. Had to go with some ketchup alongside of it. I was dunking like crazy. Oh, it's so good. Tomato soup, obviously, is the first choice. You're matching warm for warm. But if you don't have tomato soup, get some ketchup. In general, I'm not a ketchup fan. I'll be quite honest. But it's perfect with the grilled cheese and obviously, uh, you know, the other classic ketchup things. But come on, the tanginess and the creaminess, they're meant to go together. Lee, you, have you been to Belgium? Have you yes. done the, the ketchup uh, mayo combo? Uh, well, not the That's ketchup mayo combo, but oh. the food there is absolutely fantastic. So if the Belgians are endorsing you, Skeetsy, that's mm. the sort of wagon you want to be on because, uh, <laughs> oh, God, they do good food out there. It's one of those places where you turn up. First restaurant I remember I went to, this is only a couple of years ago, I just sort of ordered, I think I ordered mussels uh, and fries. And they were just unbelievable. Unbelievable. The beer is great. Great people. Ah, Belgium's a great country. Bru- I mean, I say Belgium. I've been to Brussels. I've been to Brussels. But, ah, uh, oh, God, it's a great place to eat. Great people. I mean, Brussels is in Belgium, so it counts, man. I don't know why you're, Yeah, but like, it's, uh, it's like when, pe- uh, when people say, oh, I loved Australia. Yeah, I was in Sydney for three days. Like, well, I mean, you know, you're okay, in Sydney. But- say Sydney. Be specific. Australia yeah. is a continent. Belgium is the <laughs> yeah. size of like Georgia, maybe. Uh, no, I just, you know, state. 
I just I just get a little particular about some of those things. But so what? Uh, you don't like if somebody says like JD just made the comparison. So no, says, no, no, I've been no. In the state of Georgia. Well, where'd you go? I went to Atlanta. <laughs> wow, well, were you really in the state of Georgia? Well, I'm just saying that yeah. there's more. There's like like people. If you go to Belgium, like Belgian people won't just be like, well, don't just go to Brussels. They'll say, you know, get out and see more of it. But you can't always do that when you're on a bit of a timeline. But uh, if hey, if you need to eat. Go to Brussels for okay. the muscles. Are you, are you uh, <laughs> the muscles there it is. in Brussels? I'll have the Jean Claude Van Damme. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> are you excited for uh, the uh, Christmas uh, No Dunks Christmas party dinner later this week, Lily? Excited yes. to eat some muscles? I haven't seen them on the menu, but I, uh, <laughs> if there are, perhaps I will. I, I'm most excited because it's. Uh, just up the road from my place. So, uh, very- <laughs> well, you already told us you're going to be a half hour late, so we're off to a great yeah, start. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's probably only going to be ten minutes now because uh, oh, I, so thought, I just, I, yeah, I just thought it was somewhere else. So even better. Yeah. <laughs> you thought the restaurant was somewhere else? You just well, I, I didn't saw the name the, of it. You're like, that's well, got to be far from me. This was coming through on the slacks last week when I was away, so I wasn't paying sort of too close attention <laughs> sure. to it. So I checked it last night. And I'm like, ah, oh, sweet. That's easy for me. Oh, so oh, uh, yeah post dinner drinks at your place sure why not i've actually got uh i've actually got a couple of nice bottles of champagne here jd yeah uh, they're great I'll yeah one of them's mine, mine. <laughs> yeah, I, know. I know i actually meant to bring it to your house yesterday sorry i forgot about that oh okay can't, can't wait again we're trying to decide whether or not we'll be live streaming our uh no christmas party <laughs> probably not but you never know uh okay well keep your sending in your questions no dunks at the athletic.com tweet them in at no dunks inc or leave them in the YouTube comments below. One more break, then we'll get to JD's Tweet of the Night and our first pick for the month of December. What do you got, Lily? It's NBA playoffs time, and that means NBA snack time. I can't stop eating while I'm watching. So many options in my house that I gotta cut out a bit. I gotta switch it up, but I know I'm not giving up. Sunflower seeds, sure. But maybe something that's not a food for that oral fixation, perhaps? Good thought. Here's a breath of fresh air. Fume. Fume takes your habit and simply makes it better, healthier, and more enjoyable. Fume is an innovative, award-winning flavored air device. Instead of vapor, Fume uses flavored air. Instead of electronics, Fume is completely natural. And instead of harmful chemicals, Fume uses delicious flavors. You get it. Instead of bad, Fume is good. It's a habit you're free to enjoy and makes replacing your bad habit easy. Its taste is surprising. All natural stuff. It's fun to fidget with, and it's a good weight. The wood feels good, and it feels cool to use. Start the good habit by going to tryfume.com dunks and getting the journey pack today. Fume is giving listeners to the show 10% off when they use our code dunks to help make starting the good habit that much easier. I got to get something off my chest. Nothing drives me crazier than sending a message to a group chat and getting no response. That's why I'm a big emoji responder. Love a hang loose hand or a salute. But man, it hurts when you send a message and get nothing back. Ouch. We all carry around different stressors, big and small. When we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. Therapy isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. 
Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash NoDunks today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp.com slash NoDunks. This episode of No Dunks is brought to you by BetterHelp. Let's get to Tweet of the Night. Mmm. Tweet of the Night. Wow. Twitter. So Tweet of the Night, uh, this uh, screen grab of Monty McCutcheon was making the rounds last night. Uh, and it looks like he's in uh, Secaucus. I mean, I'm assuming this is from, from last night, right? Uh Maybe I'm not 100% sure, sure about that, but I saw the photo going around last yeah. night. Yeah. And so for the audio listeners, he's uh, wearing a yellowish blazer, a pale yellow blazer, uh, a bow tie and a vest that appears to be well, it's, I wouldn't call it gingham. What would we call that? Plaid. It's almost like yeah, it's like Christmas sure. wrapping paper. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's a kind of festive, I guess. Yeah. Uh, you yeah, know, yeah. he's gotten into the holiday spirit. Uh, so anyways, a couple of zingers were, were made. Uh, first one is from CJ Zero. Monty looks like he has a barbershop quartet gig after the game ends. Uh, mm-hmm. Very accurate, actually. Just take off the blazer and you're, uh, and you're singing your tunes. But uh, the best one came from Casey Sager. <laughs> Basically says, this is an absolutely bonkers look, and I am literally <laughs> Craig Sager's daughter. <laughs> I mean, it's, that's perfect. That's perfect. Uh, uh, you know, well, I mean, uh, Craig Sager would not be caught dead in this outfit, I don't think. Yeah, uh, yeah. That's more an Ernie Johnson with the, uh, with bow, the tie. bow tie there. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's mm. kind of like Ernie Johnson meets uh, Craig Sager, but in a dark closet where they can't see what they're actually putting on or something. You know what I mean? Um, well, if you, do you remember what Monty McCutcheon used to look like? Yes. Uh, just go to JD's solo because that's what he used to look like. <laughs> like me? JD just looks straight into the camera. Yeah. That's what he used to look like. <laughs> do you remember he that? Have a, I think we, his yeah. camera was very similar to yours. Yeah. yeah he had the yeah. crazy beard. Um, well, I Googled him just to make sure I had spelled his name right, and uh, I didn't see any pictures of him with beard. Oh, yeah. that so. was I think that was last year or something like that. Yeah, it was around. in the... It been a pandemic um, look. Yeah, yeah, that's right. We had right. A, I yeah. could have sworn we shared it on the show once. Yeah, we might, we, have. Uh, we might have. Pointing out yeah. the similarities maybe to you. Okay, that's a very 20, funny tweet there from uh, Casey Sagan. And a quick little bonus. Uh, everybody was sending me this story from Stereo Gum. Uh, yeah. About a a pub in uh, Yorkshire <laughs> that was snowed in. The, the the people of the pub were snowed in for three days, uh, and in the pub was an Oasis cover band uh, who had been pre- performing for the captive audience. And, you know, and I got questions like this from Josh Succo. <laughs> How much Guinness would it take to survive? I mean, all of it. All, all of the Guinness. I, it would be, you're talking about literal hell. But then I read the article and it didn't sound that bad, actually. You know, they had a kind of, it's kind of like my ultimate fantasy, really. Like getting yeah. snowed in at a pub. They were play, playing trivia, watching movies. Unfortunately, there was an Oasis band there. I mean, <laughs> yeah. the band was called No Oasis. Not bad. Not bad. <laughs> 
Sounds like they could get a <laughs> spin-off podcast on our yeah. network. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, that's a good idea. That's a yeah, good idea. That, idea. that should be our uh, music podcast. We'll just call it No Oasis. No, no we'll Oasis. Just talk about yeah. everything but Oasis. But you, so outside of the cover band being an Oasis cover band, you you love the idea of being trapped in a pub for three days. It sounds lo- it sounds awesome. Yeah, yeah, sounds great. It depends a little bit who you're trapped with. Hey, apparently they're all fast friends. Like they're just uh, everybody's keeping in touch. It's like Survivor without anyone getting voted off. It's just like we're just bonding here in a yeah. cold winter's night. I think it's uh, something like the highest, it's the highest elevation in England. The, where the oh. pub is so yeah where i was gonna say that pub looks like a barn in the middle I know. of nowhere yeah it does it looks really desolate there's a there's <laughs> another picture that i saw that's just like literally in the middle of nowhere it's like farmland oh. or whatever cool but uh yeah okay mm. great stuff well there were no pick em results from last night because we took the night off of course the one night where i say i like the sun's chances to win actually give me the sun's cover you guys all take the warriors but it's not official this phoenix comes through as we talked about at the top of the show like it just of course my luck right now it's okay though this uh pick em, uh for december here brought to you by bet mgm though task so there's like there's a lot of games on tonight where, where, where are you starting this new month uh, which game are we going with? Yeah, we got a niner tonight. I thought a Nine. tough game was Hawks Pacers. You know, us being here yeah. in Atlanta, we watched that winning streak from the Hawks, uh, and, and then they got beat up uh, by the Knicks uh, on the weekend there. So will they be able to bounce back against the Indiana Pacers? And I'm glad to see that we're Splitsville on this one. Mm. The Pacers, just a one and a half point favorite at home to Atlanta. Skeets and Lee. Like the Pacers at home while Trey and I taking the hacks. Trey, why are you going with Atlanta? I think Atlanta should be favored in this game. I think they're pretty much clearly better than the Pacers. I guess the worry is that we don't exactly know what the Hawks are going to look like with Reddish and Bogdanovich going down. A little bit of depth concerns, perhaps, but I was a little surprised to see that the Pacers were actually favorites. They're at home, so that makes sense. But uh, yeah, give me the Hawks. Yeah, the pro- we've talked about the Pacers before, Lee. They're like, they're going to win this game by 25 tonight or, like, lose by 25. Mm. I mean, they, you never know with this squad, so we're yeah. the coin. And the Hawks are not a great road team, so this is really a pick em, though. Uh, yeah, you, you don't know which team you're going to get out of Indiana. Good chance for uh, the Hawks to get a decent road victory, but who knows? Who really knows? Well, we'll be back tomorrow here on No Dunks to maybe talk about the Hawks-Pacers game, some of the other ones on tonight. What are the other big games to have? Sixers, Celtics, I guess. I think that one's on NBA TV. Mm-hmm. Um, the Heat, anything else, Cavs. Heat, Cavs. I, I'm a, I'm a Cavalier <sighs> fan, so that's Cavs. A, who doesn't? Yeah, they're playing everybody tough. I, yeah, I'd say those are the yeah Hornets, Bucks, maybe. Hornets, Bucks. Hor- yeah. yeah, they're sort of an up and down team too. The Hornets are. So we'll talk about those games tomorrow. The big news hey, uh, from the day. Yeah, just go before ahead. you go, Skeetsy, I got a photo for you. I thought, yeah, I thought course. I'd show you. There, there's the muscles there from. Uh... You have a photo of the <laughs> muscles you ate in. Bro- Why? Why would you keep that? Why not? Why not? That <laughs> That's was so the first... amazing to me. That was the first meal I had. I just walked in there and uh, had the muscles. Got the lefe there as well. And uh... that's so oh, weird to me, right? Man. Yeah. Now, just talking about. Uh, well, this is a bit different, but here's my son here with his big old uh, oh, thing okay. of fries. No, that's, no, that's a keeper. Yeah. That's a framer right there. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, that's how they eat their fries there, classily. You know, you got a little fork there and just drowning in ketchup. But, uh, yeah. you know, that's the way to do it. <laughs> okay. 
Okay. I mean, you ever going to delete that photo of the muscles and Brussels? <laughs> because you never know on a podcast one day, you might just be talking about a meal you had three and a half years ago in Belgium. You're incredible, man. It it's added really nothing amazing. to the podcast, though. <laughs> <laughs> JD, it's people, like I've never seen muscles before. Hey, people who are listening. People I are, some guys are they ripped off. The people who are listening are going to be like, i got to go and check this out. And then they're going to go, wow, look at this content. That's how I got to get to 50,000 exactly. subs, Lee. They're going right. to subscribe. They're going to subscribe. They're going, I don't want to miss out on that. The visuals? No way. i got to check it out. So you can thank me later. There you go. Right. I'll <laughs> thank right, you guys. now. I'll thank you now. Thank you, Lee. Thank you. Keep your questions coming. Nodunksattheathletic.com. Hit us up on Twitter at Nodunksync. Drop your comments below the vid here. Hit that like button. Subscribe to No Dunks on YouTube. We gotta get to 50k now after Oops. talking about it forever. Oh, there's another. Sorry, shot of sorry. The I'm trying to delete it. I'm trying okay. to add. Don't, because you're you fucking just... it up for me. I've, I've got my, oh my God. I've got my cursor point. Wait a minute. You deleted it. Now it's stuck. Oh, I know. Why can't you fucking wait until we just wrap up the show, Lee? Because I knew I'd forget. Why? I don't know why it's still showing if I deleted it. Yeah. Now it's there. We can't get rid of it. I'm literally saying goodbye, and you have to get rid of it before I can even say goodbye to people. You're something else, man. Oh. Oh, Guys, man. go grab yourself an athletic subscription, theathletic.com slash no ducks. If you're listening to this podcast, now you have to come see the end of this show because we've broken StreamYard. We can only look at muscles from now on. <laughs> we can only see Lee and Trey from now on. Oh, my oh, right. um, Well, JD, I don't even know if this is going to work, but uh, until tomorrow, Clipper Bros. You heard it here first. Have a great time. Turn up. Love you guys. Awesome. <laughs> the muscles are still there. Yeah. You really fucked it up, fellas. Thanks for joining us, and remember, muscles don't photograph very well. I don't know why you would ever take a photo of them. They're ugly. And they they taste great. For a decade. Embrace the day, people. You could stay.